Welcome to the daily update. Uh, you just heard earlier uh, the governor uh, talk about uh, the, you know, the extension of the executive order, the stay at home, uh, stay at home Minnesota that now is extended till May 4th. Um, so that uh, with some uh, with some changes, and of course, um, those changes will, will go um, into effect. You can go actually uh, on the city's website. If you go directly to our city's website, we have links to the Minnesota Department of Health. So all the information you need uh, to know uh, is linked from our city website. Uh, you also have a link there to the CDC. Uh, CDC, uh, the Center for Disease Control, has all of the federal uh, modeling and information there. Uh, also to our, our uh, uh, local folks, uh, we have all of the numbers listed on there too, but we also have our emergency uh, emergency uh, response or emergency management uh, center. So our center is operated There's a hotline actually that uh, we have also available. That's 1-877-ST-CLOUD, 877-ST-CLOUD, that's 7825683. And that's answered uh, throughout the day. Uh, also uh, on that information, uh, there's also a site that the last week was announced, or earlier this week actually, the governor announced a new portal that the state uses. So if you go to mn.gov backward slash COVID-19, all one word, uh, mn.gov backward slash COVID-19, uh, that will give you an update, all the information and the tracking and the modeling uh, daily. And it actually gives a, a per county uh, count also when you look at the, the numbers. Um, and also just to give you the numbers locally, uh, here um, uh, in Sherburne County, uh, nine, Stearns County, seven, uh, that's an increase of one, Benton County, one. That is of known cases that have actually been uh, verified to have COVID-19. Uh, the state, of course, uh, those uh, that positive test is up now at 1,154. Uh, that's up 85, uh, and unfortunately, uh, an increase of five deaths. It's 39 now for the state of Minnesota, uh, but 632 recovered and no longer need of isolation. That's 632 of the 1,154. Uh, so all that information, of course, is on those websites, and the information is, is listed there. Uh, I wanted to um, and start with uh, each of these updates to thank everyone, uh, all Minnesotans and all folks in this area for abiding by the social distancing guidelines. It is so important uh, you, that everyone, we're all in this together, that we all do our part to really to, you, you heard uh, the governor today uh, explain that aspect of what it is doing. Staying home actually flattens that line so that we don't put all of that pressure on our healthcare system, uh, if we if we don't if we weren't if we weren't doing the things we're doing now, uh, that that number that modeling would look a lot different. Uh, you see what's happening in New York. You've seen what's happened in Italy. You've seen what's happened around the world. Um, that stay-at-home directive is, is so important, and that's one of the things about Minnesotans and people in this area. People understand that they know. Uh, they need to do the right thing. Really, for most people, they don't need to be told to do the right thing. They know as a matter of health, they're saving lives, and it may be the, the lives of those who are put in harm's way, our healthcare workers, uh, our first responders, uh, or it may be a family member. If you're not worried about yourself, you should be concerned, the very concerned about other members of your family and that pressure that it puts on the healthcare system. That is being ramped up. Uh, you've seen also in the governor's uh, briefing uh, the increase in ICU beds, uh, the ability to increase that, the increase in hospital beds in general. We collaborate and cooperate here locally 
constantly. There's not a day that goes by when we aren't working with the county, our EOC, our Emergency Operations Center. Uh, our folks are there and having those discussions on a daily basis. Uh, we have an operations plan, a plan that we pan actually planned for uh, pandemics 12 years ago. You go back uh, 12 years ago doing these exercises, and that was the first time we have had a continuity of operation plan in place here locally uh, to to identify the partners and how we collaborate. We work hand-in-hand uh, -hand with CentraCare, our major healthcare partner in this area, and all of our health providers to make sure that we're constantly looking at the medical and scientific data of the modeling to make sure that what we're doing are, are based on science and, and health healthcare professionals, and what we're doing is working. You've heard that uh, today from the, from the governor, uh, and you've heard that from a, a number of healthcare professionals, so thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, uh, the aspect of social distancing. We put a lot of those measures in place. We're doing as much as we can to continue to educate. It's up to all of us to educate our friends, our relatives. Uh, you know, a lot of people spending a lot of time at home now and on social media. You know, uh, if you post, uh, you know, to your friends, just explain to them how important it is that we do our part so we end this pandemic and get back to, a, to an aspect of normalcy. Um, all of us want that. There's nobody that doesn't. There's nobody that has not... Everyone has been affected, so and that is in all aspects. Reach out to people. Uh, you know, we're 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 social distancing, but we shouldn't necessarily be doing social isolation. We should still be reaching out to people. Uh, you know, somebody that uh, needs uh, needs a phone call, or you know, there find creative ways to do it without actually endangering anyone. But uh, people are doing that, and that's an important aspect. But we also need to make sure it's not only those the healthcare workers, our first responders, or you know, the folks in the grocery store, the truck drivers. Um, you know, daycare workers, all those folks that are, you know, uh, we need to make sure that uh, stay and continue our essential workers. And it's always a tough thing to say essential workers because everybody who works is essential. Um, you know, you can see, certainly see that from our economy, the impact uh, on our economy, both locally, state, nationally, and globally, um, because we've got a lot of folks that aren't working, but they're essential. They're, insert, they're so essential uh, to not only our recovery, but also essential to the aspect of staying home to make sure that we don't increase that impact. But we also look at the vulnerable populations that we need to make sure that we protect those folks in, in nursing homes, those folks that are that have underlying conditions, those folks that don't have a, uh, you know, you have a stay-at-home owner that don't have a place to stay, our homeless population. This is something that uh, we have from the beginning uh, tried to work and coordinate with. Uh, this is one of the things that I think often sometimes, you know, people don't understand that we have in an emergency operations center, we have certain roles that we do. We don't all do the same thing. We have roles and responsibilities to, to address an emergency situation, and you have to have that because you need to have a coordinated response. A coordinated response you're seeing from the federal government, you're seeing from the state government, at the county, at the city level, and we as it, we're, we're unique in St. Cloud uh, from a lot of places in Minnesota. As you know, the city of St. Cloud sits in three counties. That's, that's, that's very rare in the United States, actually, anywhere in the world, but we sit in three counties, so we also have a number of cities around us. It's not just St. Cloud that makes up the St. Cloud metropolitan area. There are a number of cities that are in this area. So, so it's even more important that we collaborate together, and we do. Um, that is so clear 
when you look at the response that's taking place right now, it's not about the jurisdictional turf that it is that you know sometimes communities have. It's about how do we help each other, and that includes the counties and the cities working together, our private partners, and there's so many of them. So many people that are working to help. I, I, there are countless stories of people stepping up, saying, "What can I do?" They're helping in their businesses, they're helping in the nonprofits, they're helping uh, individually. Um, I, I tell you, I just got calls uh, yesterday about people that are that are at home, you know, this is a stay-at-home order, and they want to they want to help make uh, masks, not the you know not the masks that are used at the. You know, we want to make sure that people aren't using the masks that we need for first responders and the medical folks, but the homemade masks that you can make for other folks that um, that need them. As you know from the CDC, the national uh, really the aspect of that in the in the national uh, guidelines are uh, you know when you're out and about uh, you know wear a mask uh, and that's something that you can do on a voluntary basis. But you know uh, where do you get them? There are folks out there actually making them. Uh, they, we had someone drop uh, some off recently, uh, and then we got a call uh, from uh, one of the uh, corrections officer at the at the prison uh, asked if we had masks, so we gave the ones that were given to us. And so I know a lot of folks are doing that. Uh, we have a coordinated. If you call that number I gave before, 877 St. Cloud or 877-782-5683, uh, you, can, you can tell them you have something you want to donate, whether it's your time, your dollars, and they can get you to the right place. So I know a lot of people are doing that. And there are so many people, there's so much uh, compassion and generosity uh, out there that it's, it's, it's really something that's very inspiring in our community. Uh, going back to what I said when we, we look at vulnerable populations, some of our partners, we've been working uh, from the beginning on the issue of, of, of making sure that we protect vulnerable, vulnerable populations and we work in different aspects. We looked at securing facilities. You've heard on one of these earlier updates, uh, we reached out right away to St. Cloud State University to, to use some of their dorms that are not being used uh, for our homeless population, for, other, uh, for foster care and some other things that were critical needs. Uh, St. Cloud State, from what I understand, in the whole system of Minnesota State, they're the only campus actually that has an agreement locally with our EOC to do that. Um, that's, that's another example of you know Central Minnesotans coming together. We reached out to other folks that have buildings. Uh, there are a number of nonprofit people who have been just putting their own time and their treasure into this, and we we we're so grateful for those groups. And I'm going to have I have um, Matt Glazman here today with me. Who is our community development director, which is encompassing a lot of things, but uh, this part of uh, that emergency response he's in charge of, but planning, inspections, um, uh, a whole gamut of things. So his folks are still working, some in a, in a remote uh, remote capacity from home, but a lot of those folks that are out there too. But he's going to go over a program. One of our uh, federal partners that we have been we have been really uh, advocating uh, that we could utilize uh, some of those federal dollars, uh, community development block grants. Those are CDBG. You've probably heard that term many times. In fact, every year we get an allocation of CDBG. And the council just recently, a couple of months ago, um, through a very long process that really is really looks at the need. And these dollars are federal dollars that are given to communities that have uh, a certain percentage of folks that are at high risk. Um, and in this case, uh, in a case of a, of a pandemic, the high-risk folks, especially with the stay-at-home order, are a homeless population. And we're making sure that uh, we had advocated very strongly to the federal government. We just received a word yesterday uh, that they, they had heard from communities and were able to utilize the uh, 
actually granted the city of St. Cloud uh, 700, or excuse me, $370,000 in CDBG funds to help with the COVID-19 response uh, for these populations. So uh, we had our staff working with the EOC and Stearns County, Stearns, Benton, and Sherbourne, and our counties, our partners to look at, to identify groups and organizations that are, that are already on the front line working and helping, and how do we get resources to them and we could use this federal, these federal dollars to pass through those resources to them. So our staff and working with the EOC, the Emergency Operations Center, identified groups uh, to utilize in the dollars. So what we wanted to do uh, with the 370,000 is not only identify those groups, uh, but also look at uh, what's that greatest need and the, the most immediate need for the next month. So what we've done is identified about of those dollar of the 370, 218,000 uh, dollars for that immediate need, uh, and the council, in fact, uh, as of as we speak, uh, the the public uh, hearing on that, or I should say, the public inputs will start right now because the uh, as we we speak, the agenda for the council meeting on Monday has just been sent sent out. So you have five days to re to respond to that. A little longer than our normal uh, public hearings. Usually you, you go that night to a council meeting. Uh, we're actually, it's so important for government to, to remain accountable, uh, accessible, and, and responsive in this way, and transparent. Transparency is extremely important. So uh, that just went out now. So for the next five days, you'll see, um, and I'm going to turn it over to Matt Glazman to kind of explain the breakdown of where those dollars would go or where we recommend those dollars go. Of course, that's the council decision, and they'll they'll meet uh, in, a, in a little different capacity on Monday. They'll be meeting. Uh, you'll have the council president uh, in at City Hall, but all the rest of the council members will be uh, connecting through uh, Microsoft Teams, and you'll be able to watch it streaming live on this stream on the on our website or on channel 181, uh, but you'll have an opportunity to weigh in on that proposal that you'll see uh, on the council agenda that will, will has, just, has just been posted, and you'll have five days in which to respond by email, by phone call. If you want to send an email of a video or a discussion, we'll make sure that the council gets that, but we cut that off five days from this time, so at 3.15, uh, on Monday, so that way we can compile all that information and get it to the council so they have plenty of opportunity uh, to to absorb that information before they have a meeting at 6 o'clock on Monday. So I'm going to turn it over to Matt Glazman to talk a little bit about uh, where those dollars, where the recommendation for those dollars uh, to be uh, sent, um, that'll be on the council agenda on Monday. Matt Glazman. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, we are fortunate uh, to be one of those cities in Minnesota of more than 50,000 residents where we do receive a uh, annual allocation of these CDBG dollars to benefit persons of low moderate income. And uh, you know there is a five-year requirement as part of that allocation. You simply don't have uh, uh, grant discretion in allocating those however you'd like. You have to develop a five-year plan uh, to really talk about what the annual goals and objectives are for that. Um, that's a requirement, but one of the other uh, positive outcomes of that is the process and the relationship that we have with service providers that uh, you know, we know what the needs are in the long term. And as these kinds of emergencies pop up, we have that relationship and partnerships that we can really talk about what are the immediate needs. So as we know now what the five-year uh, objectives have been with the uh, pandemic that's uh, continuing on, um, now that we have the announcement that we will have $370,000, we are in a good position to talk to the service providers in the community as we have been on essentially a daily basis uh, since this all started uh, to really have a good grasp on what uh, the best use in the short term those funds are. So what's on the council agenda for Monday night is really a, uh, a 
pellet of uh, uses of those dollars that uh, will be the 60% uh, of the total allocation that we use in the first month. And then we can reevaluate after that first month uh, how we need to use the remaining 40% of those funds. But here's some of those initial uh, estimates uh, and the ways that we'd spend those dollars. Uh, Place of Hope uh, receiving two allocations. First, uh, we know that we have a capacity issue. We need to create more beds and more space for people to meet that uh, guideline for social distancing. So there's a uh, allocation for improvements to the fourth floor there. Uh, community meal service and food security is an ongoing issue. So there's an initial allocation for Place of Hope for their community meal service. Uh, homeless Helping Homeless uh, is really meeting the needs of those folks that are out on the street that may not have other options. Uh, they have a program that puts those folks into hotels and finds other places uh, to shelter uh, them on a nightly basis. And there's an allocation for Homeless Helping Homeless for that program. Anna Marie's, uh, again, demand uh, higher than ever for their services. And uh, there's an allocation for a sheltering element uh, for their ongoing work and as well for food service uh, for Anna Marie's. Salvation Army, uh, food shelf demand ongoing, uh, increasing. Uh, there's an allocation of uh, $12,000 for that food shelf. Uh, likewise for Catholic Charities, $12,000 uh, to assist with their uh, ongoing food shelf uh, needs and the increasing demand because of COVID. And then we look at the uh, City of St. Cloud has two allocations for temporary facilities that we're providing down at Lake George to meet the needs uh, of the public in that location. And then uh, St. Cloud HRA to uh, make sure that they have uh, facilities that are uh, clean and safe and uh, uh, controlling the spread of the virus uh, in those locations as well. So that again is $218,000 out of the $370,000. What's on the agenda for Monday night is to uh, authorize the first month of the use of those funds and then we'd come back uh, during the second month and reevaluate how the remaining portion uh, is best utilized. Well, thank you, Matt, and, and that's the important aspect. It's, um, it's these are federal dollars through community development block grants. They go to cities all over the, all over the country, and uh, usually urban centers. And St. Cloud being in this area, the the urban center, uh, and that first month is basically uh, of already identifying what that need is, and then that way the reevaluation and the council then can prioritize going into the second month. So we'll, the, of those dollars that are there, the council will have an opportunity uh, through the utilization of the first month to see exactly where the needs are and when they're continued to be. So uh, uh, thank you. And again, thank all the folks that are that are helping uh, on, on this case, but in helping in so many ways. Uh, this is so important. Um, this is where people um, are doing the right thing. And uh, so many wonderful, tremendous stories of people who are are just uh, asking how they can help. And these are people that have either lost their jobs, some have lost their businesses, and they still want to help in some way. So thank you for doing that. Most people do. Most people in almost any aspect do what's right without even being told what's right. I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're a hearty uh, central Minnesota, Minnesotans that do that. Um, and that's an important aspect. So thank you. It's, it cannot say and not express enough the gratitude that we have for everyone. Uh, tonight's an opportunity to express some gratitude to our, uh, our health care professionals, our first responders, our grocery clerks, our, our daycare providers, our, you know, the, our truck drivers. Um, at 5 o'clock tonight, I've mentioned this a few times, but today's the day we can do it. Uh, there's so many examples of people um, doing this around the, around the world, uh, you know, coming together in song, lifting our voices to lift the spirits of individuals. So uh, tonight um, at 5 o'clock, go out in your front uh, porch, your doorstep, or, you know, or wherever you're standing or wherever you are. And if, you know, or, you know, if you can't, there'll be people out there standing 
for you. And that's an important aspect to sing God Bless America at 5 o'clock. Um, it's a song uh, that has been so inspirational to so many for over 102 years. Uh, you know, it's an interesting uh, history because that song was written by Irving Berlin in, in 1918. And you know the significance of 1918. That's the last time we had a, a pandemic, a significant pan worldwide pandemic that, that killed so many people then. And uh, that 1918, 102 years ago, uh, that song was written. It was written primarily uh, for war we were in World War I at that time also, but it has been an inspiration. In fact, I, I, I gave the example yesterday. I remember uh, very vividly and clearly uh, after 9-11, uh, when the members of Congress from both sides of the aisle in both the House and the Senate gathered on the steps of the Capitol uh, to sing. It's an aspect of unity. Uh, if you're able to, uh, and if you can and if you wish to, go out in your front uh, yard and uh, or wherever you want to stand. Uh, at 5 o'clock tonight, I know a number of the uh, uh, the radio stations uh, will be will be playing uh, God Bless America at the same time. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's something that uh, I think we, you know, I, I believe very strongly that, uh, you know, it's uh, we can come together in song and uplift uh, those individuals who are doing so much. You're all doing so much. So, uh, again, thank you. The numbers uh, and are on the screen. Uh, all the numbers that we have given out, uh, go to our city's website.